What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mission Driven Made podcast. This is your host, Jacob Straub, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Debrief. If you're new today, first of all, welcome. We're really excited that you're here and part of this community. And what we do here at Mission Driven Made is equip and empower you to have a high achieving and mission driven life. That's what we're all about. That's what excites us. And again, we're excited that you're here. Crazy uh, last week with everything that's been going on, especially in Afghanistan. I hate knowing that politicians or government in general can make me this angry, but after what I saw this week, I was legitimately angry with everything going on. And I cannot imagine how the families feel right now of all the fallen soldiers overseas. I came to this point and realized a couple things. First thing is I am obviously no expert in foreign affairs. And I feel most people, we get this like 30-second clip or understanding of what's actually going on in situations like this. These situations are complex and nuanced and just overall complicated. And there's so many things that the normal civilian like myself doesn't understand. Regardless, I was still very upset with what was going on this week. And my question to any of you that have served previously or are serving present time, what can we do as civilians during times like this? I've been thinking about this the last couple days especially and I don't know the answer to that are we supposed to sit there silently should we continue to gather as much information as we can from multiple sources should we share the stuff on social media I really didn't know the answer the only thing that I've done so far is go to the sources that I trust most to learn about the situation a little bit more and kind of go from there. So please, if you have served before or you are currently serving, please feel free to message me on the Mission Driven Made social media account on uh, Instagram and just let me know because I am truly curious, what is what are your expectations from a civilian during times like this? If we're supposed to do something, if we're supposed to share stuff with each other, if we're supposed to sit back and listen, I would love to hear your opinion on all of this. And to all to excuse me, to all of you that have served or are serving, thank you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for what you do and have done for this country. Now, on a little bit lighter of a note today, the uh, topic is setback or a setup. Now, setbacks. I know many of you, if not all of you, have been through some type of setback in your life, and they are the most frustrating, or a better way to describe it, is inconvenient thing to happen to you. Just when things are going great, you can get knocked down to the curb and not know what to do. You're seeing progress in whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe you've been working towards something for years. And then something happens. 
The worst part with all of this too is while you were going through something, a challenge or a setback, people around you, and it's normally because they care, but people around you try to comfort you and maybe even give you a bit of advice about what to do. But in the moment, as most of you know, it is very hard to see any positivity or even take anyone's advice regarding the situation you're in when you're in the middle of some type of setback. And depending on the setback, some of these can even be life-altering. And this has happened to me, unfortunately, a handful of times. And so everything that I'm sharing right now, this message is not just for all of you, it is for me to, to remember as well. And so speaking of setbacks, as I've told uh, some of you before, it's pieces of this have been on previous podcasts, but in 2000, was it 15 or 2016? So five or six years ago, this is when I was working for the fire department. I was a firefighter paramedic. I was working a shift at a station 10, which is kind of in the east part of the city, close to San Diego State University. Pretty uh, busy area for the most part. So it was just about midnight, and I was uh, sound asleep, and we got, uh, the tones went off. We got a response for an emergency call, and as I got up and started getting out of bed, I started feeling this pain in my lumbar spine that I have never felt before, and this wasn't like my lower back was feeling tight, like the muscles in my, around my erectors were tight. This was my spine. Something feels off. So I made my way out to the fire engine, jumped in the back, and we were off to the emergency response. And after sitting there for about 10 seconds, the pain was amplified. It now turned to probably the worst pain that I had ever felt in my entire life, right there in my lumbar spine. As we were getting closer to where the emergency was, I started profusely sweating. I started to feel like I was going to vomit. And the pain, even though just minutes before was the worst it had ever been, it now became again the worst that it had ever been. Now, at this point, our response was a couple minutes away from where we were from the station. And as we were pulling up, I really started to feel like I was going to pass out. And I was worried because on 90% of responses with them being medical emergencies, me being the firefighter paramedic on the crew, I'm responsible for running and being in charge of all those type of calls. So as we were approaching the person's house, I first thought there's no way I'm going to be able to lead any type of call right now. And then I told myself, I need to tell my partner here that I'm about to pass out because something is going on with me. And then from there, it was lights out. And according to my crew, I was unconscious for about five minutes or so. I remember opening my eyes. I was slumped over in the back of the fire engine. And at this point, it was a little hazy. I can't remember every little detail. But from there, I kind of slid my way out of the fire engine. And then I'm laying there on the sidewalk in the middle of the night. I was laying there on my back. My crew is standing over me. And the first thing that I very clearly remember was laying there and not being able to feel my own heart beating. And the look on especially my partner's face, just this look of of worry. 
And a few moments later, I completely convinced myself that I was going to die. I had no idea what was going on. First, it was my spine. Then it felt like there was something wrong with my heart. So sitting there, convinced myself completely that I'm going to die in the middle of the night on the sidewalk in the middle of San Diego. And then luckily, there was uh, another medic on our crew. So they are hooking me up to our EKG machine to take a look at my vital signs, mainly my heart rate and blood pressure and my oxygen levels. And I remember turning and my heart rate was somewhere around 30 beats per minute. So any of you in the healthcare field or any of you that are familiar with medical stuff know that that's a very low heart rate that for most people, most of the time can't really sustain life. And as they were trying to get my blood pressure, it was so low at first, it was unreadable on the machine. Then I got even more worried. When the blood pressure did finally come back, it was about 60 over 40. And again, for those of you familiar with vital signs, know that's very low. A normal blood pressure is somewhere around 120 over 80. So looking at this, you know, from someone else else's perspective that has some knowledge in the, the medical field, you would think, oh, his blood pressure got low and he just passed out. Not a big deal. I had even been on, you know, similar calls like this hundreds and hundreds of times, you know, with the fire department. But the difference here was there was something going on in my spine and my heart rate and my blood pressure was not kicking back up. And at that point, I thought I was going to get what's called uh, being paced. That's where they put those pads on you. And from there, control your heart rate since my heart wasn't going fast enough. So that's what I thought was going to happen. So I was laying there helpless. I had no idea what was going on or why I passed out or any of that. And then shortly after an ambulance uh, pulled up to scoop me away and take me to the hospital. So I'll kind of save you the next uh, couple hours of what happened, but I went to the emergency room and through lots of trips to the doctor, lots of MRIs and everything in between, they had diagnosed me with a bunch of stuff. And some of the things that I'm about to share, this these aren't necessarily life-altering things on their own. So at one point, they said I had a 10 slip discs in my back. I had a degenerative disc disease, stenosis, facet joint syndrome, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So like I said, if some of you have those, by themselves, it's not always a terrible thing, but a combination of all of those things, probably from my career, just the wear and tear I'd done on my body over time, and then maybe some stuff that I was born with, I'm not really sure, could have been a combination of everything that led to me passing out. And that ended up being the last call that I ever went on in my career as a firefighter paramedic. And for a while, this was difficult for me. I had probably even partially found my identity in that career that I was so proud to obtain. Coming to where I came from, which was addicted to heroin as a teenager, almost dying, being in jail, in rehab eight times, being homeless at times, living in poverty, completely, like I said, addicted to heroin, 
the thought of me being able to have a, a career at that time, that was so far past what I thought I'd ever be able to do. I didn't think I would make it till 20. So me being able to get this career to do that, I had to, I guess you could say, sell my soul to be able to do that. Because getting into the career field, uh, similar to a lot of others, it's very competitive. So someone like me, I thought at first, you know, isn't meant for a job like that, that's that hard to get. I just didn't think it was going to happen, at least at first. So that's just to give you an idea of where my mind was at before I obtained this career. So when I finally obtained it, it was one of the best days of my life. And I figured that was going to be it for me. I was going to stay there for, you know, 30 years. So that had been 24 to what is that? 54. And that's where I thought I would be forever and retire from there. I'd worked so hard to get where I was and it all came crashing down because of some random weird injury. And to this day, I still don't know exactly what caused it. So I was left feeling a little bit helpless. I was angry. I kind of thought I had lost everything. And throughout the process, you know, the next couple of years, as I've mentioned to you guys before, I didn't go into the fire stations anymore to work. I was in different roles like in recruiting and also spent some time in the emergency medical services division and a bit of time in the training uh, division. But that was the last call. That night was the last call I ever went on as a firefighter paramedic, at least operationally. Now, as the years went on and I was in those various roles, I always had that thought in the back of my mind about what could happen to me and if they were going to let me go, if they were going to follow through with what they said. When I say they, I mean uh, the city of San Diego and the fire department. So those thoughts were always in the back of my mind. What am I going to do? All these different positions they were putting me in were great, but they weren't necessarily permanent. I got placed there partially because of my injury. So through those years, I had a bunch of back procedures done, physical therapy, acupuncture, just about everything, you name it. And I went through it with my back. And the city had, you know, promised me some certain things, basically saying, don't worry, we're going to take care of you. Worst case scenario is we would transfer you to a similar position, but of the same pay. So they told me all those things. So I wasn't super worried for, for a little while. Another long story short, that didn't happen. The city did not follow through with what they said they were going to do with me and my salary. And I could see it coming in the near future that they were going to look for a way to get rid of me, essentially. So that's kind of the story. That's kind of where I was at with one of my large setbacks. So mind you, this wasn't just this career that I had worked really hard for. This affected everything else. The pain I was in every single day and every single night made it hard to do a lot of things. Like for example, working out. As many of you know, I'm very passionate about exercise and just fitness in general. So everything in that realm, I had setbacks as well. You know, I go from deadlifting a certain amount of weight, squatting, you know, during certain CrossFit workouts in a certain amount of time every type of workout you can think of. I had made it to a certain level. Some of them, you know, I was proud of some, 
you know, whatever. But everything I'd worked for as far as physical fitness, everything was cut in half or, or even less. I go from, you know, Olympic lifting and CrossFit and running and doing all that to barely being able to bend over to pick up something off the ground. So I was pretty crushed by this setback. There came a point eventually where I had to do something about this. I couldn't sit back and be angry at the department anymore. I couldn't be angry because I got injured. I had to have not just a perception shift, but I had to start taking action. So this took me years. And remember, everyone, this message goes uh, to me more than anyone else um, because I obviously wasn't very good at uh, this perception shift. But after a few years went by, I started to realize everything I went through and the positions that I got put in after getting injured, it was all actually a set up for the future. Now, like I said, this was very hard to see and understand at the time. And just a side note here, when you're going through something and people try to say, just be positive, I don't think that's very helpful. I'm just throwing that out there. I feel like there's a certain level of positivity that can be toxic in certain situations. So I'm just throwing that out there. So going from setback to set up, how can we do that? So number one, first thing that you can do is detach from the situation that you're in just a bit. So by detaching and kind of pulling back and giving yourself a bird's eye view of what is actually going on, that will allow you to go into my second point with coming up with a plan. Now, it might not be perfect. It's probably not going to be perfect at all. Mine definitely wasn't. But take some time after you detach to come up with a plan and to brainstorm with what is going to happen next. So for me, while I was working in recruitment, that started to give me ideas about what the future was going to be in entrepreneurship. That's when I first started having that idea. I was going to speaking engagements all the time. I was conversing with a lot of people. I was assisting people to get to where I was. And I started to realize I could really take the skills I've learned here and bring it into entrepreneurship. Now, number three is viewing this as a setup and not a setback. I know that's uh, kind of an obvious one there, but the perception shift does have to happen. So how do we overcome these setbacks? We'll go through the three again. So detach for the situation, at least for a little bit. By detaching, uh, number two, you can come up with a plan with what to do next, even if that plan is imperfect, which it's probably going to be imperfect. And then number three, as you start to do this, to have a perception shift, to start to view the hardship you're going through as a setup for what's to come. So I know that list could be a little bit longer and some of those are probably very obvious, but you guys all get the point. So thank you everyone for tuning in 
to the Mission Driven Made podcast and Friday Debrief. As always, if you found value in the short episode today, make sure you subscribe to the show. Take just a few seconds, leave us a five-star review. It's going to really help us grow. It would be greatly appreciated. We want to keep doing that to expand our reach. And keep the questions coming, everyone. I have that Ask Me Anything section you're going to see there in the show notes. It's also on the Mission Driven Made website. If you want a certain type of guest on the show or you have any questions whatsoever that you want answered on a later podcast, go ahead and fill that out. It will take just about 30 seconds. And oh yeah, one last announcement uh, that I've been forgetting to say the last couple weeks. So in the beginning of the podcast, I had mentioned that I wrote a book that I was excited to uh, share with all of you. Uh, that it just needed to be edited. I realized a little while ago the book and the format and just everything in general with the book, I wasn't very proud of and decided that I need to rewrite the entire thing. And I have kind of a different format in mind now. So if any of you are wondering, why did he tell us that a book was going to be coming out soon and it didn't. That was because of me. That was my bad. I, I shouldn't have done that and I shouldn't have taken this long to let all of you guys know. But just wanted to close the loop uh, with that for all you guys. So anyways, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Love you guys. And until next time, everyone, stay mission driven. Stay mission driven.